Welcome to the weekly podcast of East Point Church of God. Pastor Larry Sterling, we invite you to join us in a service soon. We're located at 379 Avenue A, East Point, Florida. Our service times are 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. on Sundays and 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. We pray that this week's message inspires you to shine the light of Christ to those around you. We live in a world in America that is diseased, and a disease is called entitlement. Entitlement means that I deserve it. I deserve this, and I deserve that. The opposite of entitlement is gratitude. The opposite of entitlement is gratitude, meaning I didn't deserve it, so I say thank you. You see, in our world around us, we, we look at things and we say, I, I, this, I deserve to have this in my life. I deserve to have that in my life. I deserve to have this issue. I deserve to have this blessing. I deserve it all. And I want to tell you, not a single one of us deserves anything. It is by the grace of God that we're here right now. It wasn't because you were great looking or poor looking. It wasn't because you were rich or you were poor. It wasn't because you had all these blessings or disadvantages. It's because of God's grace is why you sit there today. And so I want to this morning as we go into this concept of understanding gratitude that it is our duty this time of the year to cultivate this atmosphere of gratitude to the Lord of what he has done for us in our lives and turn our blessings into praise. Turn your blessings into praise. Because I want to tell you, when you pour every blessing you pour out, when, you, when God pours it out upon you, you need to turn it back to him in praise. But I want to warn you, every blessing you don't turn back to praise turns to pride. Hear me. When God blesses you with something, he gives you a new job, and you don't thank him for it. God blesses you with something, and he gives you a new car, and you don't thank him for it. Then you have the understanding, and the trial kind of kicks in in your life that you maybe have deserved this, and it becomes pride. Look at what I have. Look at what I've got in my life. Look what's happened to me. Look at all these things that, is, that are going on. And it, your blessings turn to pride. And I want to say this has infected our culture. It has infected who we are. It has infected all of us. I, if, you got, if you ate breakfast this morning, you should be thankful. You should give thanks in all that you've done. If you woke up this morning and you have your health and you don't have pain in your body, you should be thankful. If you have ever, anything in this life that God has given to you and you look at it, you should be thankful and give it back to God in praise. Praising the Lord is going to be linking to your process of, of glorifying God and your strength in your life. Because the more that you sit down and think about your blessings, the more God looks at you and begins to, and begins to say, I can pour more on them. I can bless them more because they can handle it. 
They can handle it. And so then you got to say, well, you, your heart is what God's after. So you say, well, I'm going to worship God, so I'll get more. Then God won't give it to you either. You've got to learn to the attitude of gratitude, as they say. You see, in our passage this morning, Luke's Gospel, chapter 17, Jesus went to Jerusalem and passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And then he entered a certain village, verse 12, and there met him ten men who were lepers and stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Every single one of us in this room this morning can cry out to the Lord and has recognized that we were once afar off. We were once nowhere near where we needed to be with God. And we were once all the way over away from the Lord. But God came to us when we cried out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Leprosy, uh, our sin was our leprosy, and we had no access to the very throne of God. We have no access to the blessings of God. We had no access to what God would want to do for you in your life. Yet when we cried out to him, he came near to us. Go show yourselves to the priest, he says. So Jesus is following the Levitical law. He's telling them, he's saying, go show yourselves to the priest. Now what we recognize is that their their very act of walking to the priest is an act of faith. All ten of them had faith. All ten of them had faith because it does not say in this particular passage that they, Jesus had healed them and then said, go cleanse your, go present yourself to the priest. It says, he says, turn and present yourself to the priest, which means that when you were, when you were with leprosy, you could not enter into the tabernacle. You could not go and praise the Lord. You could not go and be part of church, so to speak. You had to stay out there you were plagued you were diseased you you were not allowed amongst the healthy you weren't allowed amongst the people of God and so a priest had to examine your body and declare yourself clean before you were able to be allowed in the room and so what happened is that he st- they all had leprosy. They all had this. And they cried out, Jesus, have mercy on us. He says, okay, go sit, show yourself to the priest. And by doing so, they're walking in faith toward the priest, knowing that Jesus has told them. Now listen to what it says. And so, and so it was that as they went, they were cleansed first thing you got to see here that's kind of jumps out at us is as you walk in your faith walk God's going to take things off of you you see when you don't walk in faith you are not a candidate for the blessing of God if it can be accomplished by your power and your might then God cannot get glory So we pray two weak prayers. Oh, man. We pray our prayers are weak. Our prayers are are things that we can do on ourselves. Our prayers are things that we we can accomplish on many times. We we, kind of give ourselves a a, a kind of a escape door, an escape hatch, so to speak, that if God can't do it, we'll come around side and help him out. 
And so when we pray our prayers, we're not asking God to do something that only God can do. We're asking God that if God doesn't do it, we'll just do it ourselves. But when you pray to God and you ask the Lord and you get in God's house and you get in God's presence, God wants you and asks of you and is pleads with you, ask of me hard things. Ask of me difficult things. Ask of me things that I know that I know that if it had not been for God, you wouldn't have in your life. And then believe that God is able to do it. Believe that God is able to meet you. Believe God is able to lift you up. Believe that God is able to set you free. Believe that God is able to heal you and do the thing that you are asking of him. Ask of him hard things. And I want to I say this here. You see, your harvest is very directly related to your seed. If you won't plant the seed, you can't get mad at God when you don't have a harvest. Because the entitled person says, I deserve food even though I didn't plant the seed. And y'all quiet. An entitled person says, I deserve the benefit without ever doing the work. I deserve the access without ever having to do anything without I I just want to receive and receive and receive there are people that come to church they feel entitled to say I want delivered I want set free I want all these things in my life but they won't pray and they won't read their bible and they won't seek God and they won't tithe and they won't prayer and, and open their word of God and they won't study they won't attend church they won't spend time on their knees they won't witness they won't do the things of God they won't do all these things but they want God to do all these other things to them. You see, all the things that I'm describing are called planting seeds. They're, you're planting seeds. We talked about this Wednesday night. If, you're, if you are asking God to save your spouse or save your loved one, then it's going to require prayer. I mean, everybody wants their family saved. Everybody wants to see their loved ones saved. And, but we, it's going to take you spending time on your knees before God. You're going to have to be on the throne and grab a hold of God and cry out to him and plant the seed of of, of uh, seeking the fruit of the blessing of God. If you won't plant the seed, you can't get a harvest. And if you don't have a harvest, you've got nothing to praise God about. Because we are grace, we are grateful for all that he's done. We're grateful for his salvation. We're grateful for his deliverance. We're grateful for all these things. And so what we do is we say, God, I put my seed in this ground. I put my seed in this area here. And I say, Lord, I'm praying right now. I'm believing, God, you're able to do this. I believe you're able to meet my need. I believe you're able to heal my body. I believe you're able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think. God, I put this on here. I know. I know my son is not so far gone that you can't reach him. I know my daughter's not so far gone that you can't touch them. I know this situation is not so bleak that you cannot deliver. I know it may not look right. It may look like everything's going wrong, but God, I still believe in you. Praise God. Now you're getting it. You see, the problem is people get seeds confused. They get, they get confused with the planting part of it. As opposed to the, a funeral. You see, when you put something dead into the ground and bury it, we call it a funeral. 
when you put the seed in the ground and you bury it, we're waiting for the harvest. You see, many people, they, they, they have these, they say, well, it's dark. Yes, because you're planted in the soil. I'm not dead. I'm going to be coming alive here. I, yes, it may not look that great. And yes, I may not see the sun. But one day, the rain is going to come down. And this seed is going to start producing a harvest. And it's going to start to grow. And you never know how much God can do through you. One of these pictures on the wall of my mother's house was, you know, some people are wanting one apple, but God, only they can go to an apple tree and, and they, can, they can count all the trees on an apple, but only God knows how many apples are in the seeds of that, of that apple. That he looks at, if you look at that seed, he knows how many trees can come out of there. He knows how many apples that can come out of there. He knows well beyond what you could even ask or think. You can count the external things, but you don't know what it took for you to get there. So you see the world looks at you and they say, look at you. You're doing this and you're doing that. You drive this car. You drive that car. You do this thing. You do that thing. But they don't realize all the time you spent in prayer. But they look at your kids and say, they're following the Lord. They don't realize all the time that you've been in the middle of the night at two or three o'clock in the morning and you were crying out to God because they were going down the wrong path doing the wrong thing and you were seeking the face of God and asking God to move on their behalf they don't see that moment they just see when it comes out out of the soil and they want that but they don't realize it takes some planting of seed praise God you see this 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 process here is that you've got to learn, and I, you and I have to both recognize that when we get something from the Lord, it is designed to be as a direct result of our planting a seed and expecting a harvest of God to go in it. You see, thanksgiving is praising God. Psalm 69, 30. I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. First Chronicles 16, 4. And he appointed some of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord to commemorate, to thank, and to praise the Lord God of Israel. Psalm 42, 4. When I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me, for I used to go with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God when the voice of joy and praise with a multitude that came kept the pilgrim's feast. Psalm 100 and verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. I'm telling you, when you come in here and you praise God when you don't feel like it, when you praise God, when you don't, it does not in your soul, you know, it's not because you've got these goosebumps. It's not because you ate the right thing in the morning, but you walk into the room and you say, I know the devil has beat me from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I had this trouble, I had that trouble, but it is good to be in the house of the Lord, and I'm going to plant my seed of song and praise to God. Because when you get to Tuesday, and all the world is collapsing around you, the seed that you planted on Sunday morning, when you lifted your hand up, all of a sudden, God is going to start watering that seed. And Tuesday night, in the middle of the night, there will come joy unspeakable and full of glory as the presence of God enters the room that you are in. It's planting the seeds of joy. People come in, they won't praise God, they won't seek God, and then when it collapses on Tuesday, they get nothing from God, and they get mad at God. So we have a duty 
to give praise and thanksgiving to God. Psalm 107. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry heart soul with goodness. God is going to satisfy your longing soul. The thing that you're longing for in your life, if you would praise God through it, he's going to satisfy you with it. Sing praise. Sing to the Lord. Psalm 147 says, sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praises on the harp to our God who covers the heavens with the clouds, who prepares rain for the earth, who makes grass to grow on the mountains. He gives to the beast its food and to the young ravens that cry. I want to tell you when the birds cry out to God, he hears them. When the animals cry out to God, he hears them. And you are better, Jesus told you, than a sparrow or any of these other things. If you would just cry out to God and praise him when you don't see it, when you don't experience it, when you have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow, or the day after that or the day after that but you know he's faithful and you know he's been there your whole life and he's never going to leave you and he's never going to forsake you I want to tell you a harvest of praise will come over you Romans 1.20 says this, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes were clearly seen, being understood by the things that were made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. One of the most tragic things is, in our world today, is they don't see that God has his handiwork all the way around us. It was God that kept you. It is God that keeps you. And it's God that will keep you. You didn't, you're not here because you're strong. You're not here because you're mighty. If tomorrow you got a bad diagnosis, you may not be here very much longer. It is God that keeps you in this world. It is God that keeps you in this life. It is God that walks beside you. It is God that gives you breath in your body. It's God that woke you up this morning. It's God that's going to walk beside you in the middle of the night. When everybody else says I don't have time for you and you call everybody on the phone but yet God is going to be there beside you Jesus has promised I will never leave you I will never forsake you it's time to sow seeds of praise to the one that loves you we are futile in our thoughts in our minds when we do not give these praise to God that he rich so richly deserves Romans 14 6 says this he who observes the day observes it to the Lord he who does not observe the day to the Lord he does not deserve it he who eats to the Lord for he gives God thanks he who does not eat to the Lord he does not eat and gives God thanks simply this it doesn't matter that food that you have if you didn't give God thanks for the food what is going on there is that one day you may not have food to eat what are you going to do then You've got to give thanks to the Lord when you have and when you don't have. Why? Because God asks of us. In the Old Testament, they offered thanks to the Lord. In Psalm 50, verse 14, they offered God thanksgiving and to pay your vows to the Most High. Jonah, verses two, verse 2, verse 9, for, But I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. If we've got to get this mindset into us. God, we don't, Jesus freely gave us salvation, free, freely gives salvation, but yet... 
you know, when somebody freely gives you something, you got to recognize that, that you didn't deserve to receive it, but because of their great love for you, they gave it. When Jesus gives you salvation, we ought to give praise to God. Not that we owe him anything, but yet we owe him everything. We, he, we can't repay him the, the uh, numerical value of any kind of substance that we might have. In fact, it would be insulting to the Lord for you to try to repay him for that precious blood that that he shed for you on Calvary's hill. But at the same time, because he paid it for you, you have been bought with a price. You have been set free by his blood. He took the nail when you could not take that nail. He took the piercing when you could not take that piercing. And yet we owe him everything. We ought to give praise and glory to the Lord. And we have much to be thankful for this Thanksgiving year. The Bible says in Romans 12, 1, I present you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So when we're presenting our bodies, as we said earlier, we got to sing. Psalm 95, 2, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. First Chronicles 16, 7, on that day David first delivered this psalm into the hand of Asaph and his brethren to thank the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing psalms to him. Talk of all of his wondrous works. Ezra 3.11, and they sang responsibly, praising and giving thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever towards Israel. Then all the people shouted with a great shout, when they praised the Lord because of the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Mm. Let me stop there. You see, here is people in Ezra here. They were removed from their homeland. They were removed from their blessings. They were cast out. Part of the reason why they were Samaritans in there is because Assyria had come down and they had wiped out the northern tribes of Israel. And then the king of Assyria had planted foreigners into the nation. And then they began to intermingle with the people of Israel there that were left behind. And as they intermingled with the people that were left behind, what the by the time of Jesus is coming to this world, these people the word Samaritan became synonymous with a curse because these were people that had rejected the purity of God according to their according to their Hebraic understanding. And so when these Samaritans had when this this man that came to Jesus that was full of leprosy that he had realized how far away he was from God. How far away that he wasn't even allowed to be part of the tabernacle. But yet he was included. You'll get that later. Let me, let me, get, let me give it to you now. You see, a Samaritan wouldn't be allowed to come through the door. And Jesus told him, go present yourself to the priest. You see, you know why he came back to Jesus? Because that meant he can go into the place that he wasn't allowed to go before. 
He was, he, he, the other nine, they, 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 they were thankful. Their faith had allowed their healing virtue of God to come upon them. But Jesus had opened up a door that other men had closed upon him. And because other people had closed the door, now Jesus opened it wide for him. And he said, if you, if you would show yourself to the priest, that means a Samaritan says, I can go into the place and I can worship God and I can spend time with the Lord and I can cry out to God. Whereas before I didn't even have hope. You see, we all are Samaritans in this room right now. The reason why we get excited, the reason why we feel great and and joyful is because not a single one of us, to my knowledge, in this room is Jewish. And if you're not Jewish, you have no access to the temple. And if you have no access to the temple, the priest is not offering sacrifices upon your your behalf. But now, because of Jesus, all who are afar off are able to come into the very house of God and give praise to the Lord and give thanks to God for he has opened the door for all of us. Praise the Lord. So back to Ezra. They were all exiled far away and now they were brought back to rebuild the house, to rebuild the place and as they were rebuilding it and they laid the foundation, they were excited. Why were they excited? Let's just say it like this. Let's just say America was invaded. And out of this invasion, they came, the invaders had blown up this church house. And they blew the walls off it and everything. Well, we, after a period of 70 years, we, we have come back. Our children's children have come back. And they're all, they're remembering the stories about what mom and dad had said and grandpa and grandma had said. They have been reared with what the, 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 how great the worship used to be, how, how great those services used to be. And they begin to, and they begin to hear that. And then the day that they all gather around here, the, the, your, your babies that would be old men at that time, they begin to look at the foundation that has been relayed. And then they get excited because why? They know what what it was like to be without it. They remember how far away they were because it's fresh. They remember how much pain it was going on in their lives. So just the very foundation being laid, they begin to praise and begin to glorify God and begin to get excited about what God has done in their lives and in their seeing. This is what's happening in Ezra. They're seeing all of these things, the foundation of the Lord that was laid right there, the foundation of God's house being laid so they get excited it's coming back the presence of the Lord is coming back the glory of God is coming back and they start getting excited I want to tell you when you've been through the fire and you've been through all that's been going on these last several years at this church and now you begin to see that the foundation of what God is wanting to do is now being laid out in front of you those that come on later may not realize how much pain it took to get to this moment but I'm telling you on that day there shall be a shout there shall be a glory we shall be excited because we know what God has promised us in this world 
Everybody may look at you and say, why? Why are you praising like that? Why are you praising? Because I remember what it was like when we couldn't walk. And I remember what it was like when we couldn't dance. And I remember what it was like when all these other things happened. So every time that there is breath in my body, every time that the doors are open, every time that we have availability to praise God, we should lift a shout unto the Lord and praise him for his goodness endures for all generations praise God he kept you through all of it he kept you in through he watched beside you he was with you through the fire he was with you in the flood the Bible tells us now with the dedication of, of the wall of Jerusalem Nehemiah 12 27 they sought out the Levites in all their places to bring them to Jerusalem to celebrate the dedication with gladness both with thanksgiving and singing with cymbals and stringed instruments and harps why because let everything that has breath. Praise the Lord. I don't care if you can sing. I don't care if you can't sing. I don't care if you'd like to sing, but you know you should not sing. I'm telling you, you need to sing. Why? Because God needs to get glory out of your life. God needs to get glory out of your home. God needs to get glory out of where you are because God has kept you and is going to keep you. Praise the Lord. Mm. favorite story of all time about this church that I love uh, is the foundational they laid in that building over there. Favorite one. Well, the preacher that didn't have enough faith. I love that. But the old ladies did. He left on some kind of trip or whatever, and they took his stakes that he had staked out and stretched them bigger. You know, you see, that says something. It says, you know, you know, sometimes as pastors, we're a little conservative. And that probably would have been me just as about anybody else. But I want you to hear this. Sometimes you've got to just look, you've got to see things that aren't there and realize God is a big God. You got to look at the situation in your life and realize if God is who he says he is, he can build that wall one foot bigger than we've set it up. We need to stretch out our faith and trust the Lord and plant the seed and give praise to the Lord and begin to shout. Why? Because the harvest is dependent upon the soil that the seed goes in. If you've got a bunch of rocks in your soil and you got a bunch of weeds in your soil and you got all these other things and the cares of this life in your soil, Oil, you're not going to get the harvest. But if you come into this room and you plant your seed of praise and worship, what you're going to do, you're going to be taking your ground of your heart and you're going to follow out the ground. And when you come upon a stone or a rock, you're going to get it out of there. Why? Because your harvest is dependent upon that thing being removed. So you come to hear it. Yeah, it may not feel good. And yet, when God steps on your toes every, on every other time or something like that, God is trying to move things out of you because he sees what he wants to put into you in your life. You are valuable. You are loved by God and he has great things in store for you but you've got to let him have his way over the soil of your soul and your life. So we come to this time. Sing to the Lord. Psalm 147. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. 
Sing praises on the heart to our God. Isaiah 51, 3, for the Lord will comfort Zion. He will comfort all of her waste places. He will make the wilderness like Eden and her deserts like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in it. Thanksgiving and the voice of melody. I, I've got so many verses. Connie's probably sick and tired of putting them all of them in. Why? Because there's so many instances in Scripture where the Bible says, if you just give me praise, if you just, even in the midst of not having the, if your wilderness is there, I'm going to turn it to Eden. Your trial is there. I'm going to turn it to gold. It doesn't matter. If you just come and give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his mercy endures forever, I'm going to tell you God will bless this house again. We do it in many different ways. I have it all, but I'm, I had so many verses here, but I want to finish this thing. I'll be here all day because God feels good. But we can do this through prayer. I said singing, but we can do this through giving. We can do this in our conversations with people. We can give thanks in all things at all times for God. The Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, And everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is one of those verses where it's, I'd rather it not be in there. Because that means a trial that is right there in my life. I don't want to say that these things are great. You know, I don't want to be in that trial. But here's what I know. God's going to use that trial, and it's going to be turned for my good. I'd rather not have to go through the trial, but I trust in the Lord. I believe that he is good, and his mercies endures from a generation to generation. And I know that means that even when I don't understand it, and even when it doesn't make sense, I need to give thanks to God in all things. Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be known to God. Colossians 3, 17, and whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Giving praise in all circumstances and all things. Finally this morning, why? I've said it over and over and over again, but God is going to give you the victory here, right now. Why? Because the only thing God can do is win. He can't lose. God doesn't lose. Jesus dying on the cross should have been a loss, but it turned into a victory when he came out of the tomb three days later. God does not lose. God does not stop. God does not is not conquered. God, Jesus Christ, is victorious. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says, Oh, what wretched man that I am who will deliver me from this body of death. Romans 7.25. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with this mind myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. 2 Corinthians 2.14. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Hmm. I'm preaching on all these. You can just, every time you walk into a room and you say, thank you, Lord, that person that doesn't know Christ just received the fragrance of God over, your, over their lives. 
2 Corinthians 4, 15. For all things are for your sakes that, that, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. 2 Corinthians 9, 15. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Finally, Re- Revelations eleven seventeen says this. One day, up in heaven, we're going to be around the throne. One day, up in heaven, we're going to be there. And the Bible says this, we give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was and who is to come, because you have taken your great power and reigned. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Right there. Why? You see, there are people that have the power to do something good, but don't. There are people that have the power or the ability to do something, but they do not. For whatever reason, whatever their motivation or for whatever the purpose, they don't do it. And they look, you look around, maybe they're waiting for somebody else to step up. They're looking for somebody else to do something. But many times we look at what we're in our lives and we're saying, who can help us? Who can deliver us? Who can set us free? And the Bible tells us on that great day. On that wonderful, glorious, momentous day, when we are around the throne, we're going to be standing there looking at the Lord. And we say, we give thanks, O Lord. O Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was, who is to come, meaning You were there in our past. You're here in our present. You're going to be in our future. You always exist. We give you praise. We give you thanks. Why? Because you didn't just sit there and watch us die. You didn't just sit there and watch us roam through this world without no hope. Realizing that we had no power and no authority and no plan and no deliverance and no victory. And looking at us and say, you getting what you deserve. Because that's what he could have done. We deserve sin because we sin. We deserve death because we sin. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all deserve it. And he could have let us. He could have taken Adam, wiped him out, and started all over again. But because he loved us, and his mercy is from everlasting to everlasting, generations upon generations upon generations ago, his mercy was from everlasting to everlasting. This is why today I have hope. Our world is rapidly decaying around us. 
The trials that are around us seem so insurmountable. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know about tomorrow. There's a lot of fear that is gripping the world right now. There's a lot of trials and tribulations that have come upon the world right now. But I want to tell you, the same God that was on the throne at Adam, that was on the throne before Adam, that has been on the throne through Moses, down to David, all the way down through the prophets, and then Jesus as he came to this world and then the same God that came that was there during the times of the apostles and as the church began to grow began to go around the world this same God is alive right now this same God has not lost his power, has not lost control, knows exactly what tomorrow is going to be, knows exactly where things are going to be tomorrow, and he knows, and we have this promise right now that he's already in our tomorrow. Why? He says in the word of God there, who was, is, and is to come. I want to tell you, it gives me great pleasure, and it gives me great joy unspeakable and full of glory that Jesus Christ is already in my tomorrow solving my problem before I ever get there. And he's on the throne and he's taken his great power and he's reigning. He's in control. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He is in control. He knows your solution. He knows where you are. He knows what's happening. So we need to praise him. Praise him when the sun is shining. Praise him when you're on top of the mountain. Praise him in the midst of all of what's going on. But I want to tell you there's something about a praise that comes out of the people of God that God seems to love the most. He loves that praise when you're in the valley and it's dark and cloudy and you don't know, you can't see your hand in front of your face, but you step out on faith and you just say, Lord, I know you reign. God, I know you're in my tomorrow. I know that the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord, so I'm going to take this step. I may not understand why, but I'm going to take this step. And I don't know why this has got to happen this way, but I'm going to take this step. For my steps are ordered of the Lord. And I'm going to step out over and over and over. And I'm going to praise you and I'm going to glorify you. And one day you'll be up on that mountain again. And one day you'll be up there seeing why and what has happened before. But until then, keep on praising God in the middle of the night in the greatest part of the day praise the lord at all times and always it is good to give thanksgiving and praise to the lord for we are grateful for all that he has done for us this day thank you for listening to the weekly podcast of east point church of god and pastor larry sterling the lord bless you and keep you the lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.